Welcome to the Real Life Church podcast channel. My name is Michael Bame. I am the pastor here, and Real Life Church is all about connecting Jesus to real lives. You can find out more about us at reallifecov.com. Good morning, everyone. I'm super excited to keep our Jesus and People message series rolling. That's what we've been doing uh, for several weeks. How is Jesus interacting with different people throughout his lifetime? How are they responding? What things are we learning? And today is no different. We're excited about this. Um, We're going to be looking at Jesus and Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. And I could tell you a little bit about that story uh, from Luke chapter 19, but I have something better. I have some friends that are going to come and they're going to sing a song. Go ahead, guys. Come on in. They're going to sing a song that's going to help us to remember what uh, that this passage from Luke chapter 19 is. You can go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 19 if you want to as they're coming up here. Um, But this is all about this person of Zacchaeus interacting with Jesus. Thank you, friends. Appreciate that. Go ahead and you can follow Mary on out. All right. So here's what I want to know. How many of you, uh, you, you knew that song? Somehow you grew up, you knew that song? Yeah, well, and the rest of you are like me, that as I was writing this message and I was bouncing it off of my uh, wife, Amanda, I was like, yeah, we're going to talk about Zacchaeus, Jesus and Zacchaeus. And she right away, she's like, Zacchaeus was a wee little man. And I was just like, what is wrong with you? She's like, oh, it's a school song that we learned in a Sunday school or whatever. I'm like, you are what's wrong with church people. <laughs> You assume everybody knows the story and you know the song and all of that. So anyway, uh, we're in counseling now. But the po- so here, here's the thing. Zacchaeus and Jesus. It's actually a really important story uh, for us because Zacchaeus is a great example of what it looks like to respond to God, to respond to Jesus' message, what Jesus was here to do. He is the, the, the ideal example of what we are supposed to do. 
That's something that you think about when you hear that song, right? It's just he climbs this tree because he's a wee little man, right? And he's trying to see Jesus. But there's so much more than just what the song gets at that I want to invite you in to seeing what that's about. And so uh, Luke chapter 19 is where we're going to spend our time. Um, But as we get there, before we get too far into it, I want to set up some things that uh, it's actually helpful for the story, okay? So Zacchaeus, his name means righteous, okay? That's what Zacchaeus means. And it's important for this story because he's going to do something that is righteous. And what is righteous, right? I mean, we don't use that word typically maybe except in church, right? And it's just being, doing right by God and by, doing right by other people. That's what righteous means, doing right by God and doing right by other people. Uh, and so his name means that. But here's the problem. People don't really think that he's righteous. He, they don't think he's doing right by God and certainly not doing right by them or reversal not doing right by them, so he certainly couldn't be doing right by God, okay? Uh, so the reason for that is that he's a tax collector. And in that day, tax collectors, what they had to do is they had to give the Roman government a certain amount of money, and they could collect whatever they wanted as long as the government got its money. Now, uh, Zacchaeus is a Jewish person, that is being ruled over by a foreign uh, government in their own homeland, okay? So he is not doing right by his Jewish people by collecting a lot of taxes from them and then being corrupt in a way and just passing on a little bit to the Roman government and keeping the rest for themselves. So they, that's how they see him. He's, he's not doing right by them, so he certainly couldn't be doing right by God either. Uh, and he becomes, he becomes really good at it. He's really good at this. In fact, he's so good, he becomes like the chief tax collector in the area. Like, he is really good. Uh, but if his stature with the government is high, his stature with his own people is really low. Not just stature of, you know, how tall he is, because he's a wee little man, but that just kind of evidence that with his people, he's... Not much, right? They see him as someone that's sinful because maybe he's exploiting them or he's living off of their goodness um, and just passing it on. And they're certainly partnering with the Roman government, okay? So this righteous person doesn't look like he's being very righteous. And so when we look at this story, we're going to discover a couple of things. One is that uh, there's a turn of phrase that gets used that Jesus used a couple weeks ago when he met with a Canaanite woman. If you, if you remember that story or not, uh, go watch it. Jesus and the Canaanite woman uh, a couple weeks ago. And he said to his disciples, you know, I've been called to the lost sheep of Israel. To the lost sheep of Israel, meaning these sheep that are God's little sheep, the, the, the Jewish people that are supposed to be following his laws and everything, but they, they wander, right? Sheep do that, don't they? They just wander here and they wander there uh, and they get lost, right? And if you know anything about sheep, you know that they will just do that and they're really not very smart. Right? They need someone to come and get to them. Sometimes we think about our kids this way, right? When I picture them up here and, and I, I just recalls things to me, uh, like when we go into the store, We've got Matthias, who's eight now, but he, he's convinced he's a ninja. And so 
hiding in the clothes racks when we're walking through the store and then pouncing out at us to surprise us. Like it's, it's a game to him. It's not a game to me, all right? Where'd you go? Or Levi, who is always on to the next thing. He's 10 now, but he's always on to the next thing. And like, you'd be like looking around, where did he go? He was just right here, right? He's gone on somewhere. And that feels bad for me as a, as a parent, right? He's lost. I got to find him. I'll do anything to find him. But also for them, when they realize they don't know where I am, it's a horrible feeling for them. And it's happened. It's happened more than once that they will go off somewhere and then all of a sudden I'm gone looking for them and they realize they're the lost one. And they are desperate to find me just like I'm desperate to find them. Jesus told this Canaanite woman, I'm, I'm sent here to, for the lost sheep of Israel. Right? Now, that's not where the story ended I encourage you to go and, and watch that or read that story from a couple weeks ago. But it, it's influenced here now. Zacchaeus is a lost sheep of Israel. He, he's wandered away. He's, he's not following the path that God had for his people. He is lost. Does, does he realize that he's lost? And I think he does. I think he realizes that he is lost because of the way that he is desperately seeking something about Jesus, right? He's so desperate. Here's a rich guy, like a super rich guy. Got lots of money in the bank, got a nice house, right? And yet, he humiliates himself by being like a child climbing up this tree to try to see Jesus. He, he's, there's something about Jesus that I, I, I feel like he's convinced Jesus has some kind of answer, some kind of direction for him, something that he's realizing his lostness. And we're going to discover that as we unpack this. So Zacchaeus means righteous, doing right by God and right by others. He's a lost sheep of Israel that is desperately seeking something from Jesus, some direction from Jesus. And so let's enter in and see how Jesus interacts with Zacchaeus. Luke chapter 19, starting in verse one. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. Everyone's going, we little man, is he, right? So he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your house today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and, looked, uh, and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. Great excitement and joy. Let's just stop there for a second, right? Zacchaeus is desperate to see Jesus, right? I, I realizing that my way of my living my life has not been right. I, I've realized I'm a lost sheep of Israel. I, I realize I'm lost. I'm desperate 
to find someone to lead me on the right course. Yeah? This is the model that this story gives us of how we are to respond to what God is doing through Jesus. We're going to hear Jesus talk about his mission at the end of this that's going to wrap it all together. But we just need to sit here for a minute and understand that Zacchaeus is completely lost and he's desperate to find his way through. He's a lost child that can't find his family. And so he's going to do whatever it takes to try to find them. Even if that means humiliating himself, lowering his stature, and climbing in a tree like a child to try to see Jesus. And Jesus knows him by name. Now, maybe Jesus you know, knows him because he's the chief tax collector, right? He's got a lot of statures, names out there all the time, right? But he knows his name, looks directly at him, and calls him by name, says, hey, come on down. I need to stay at your house today. Could this day go any better for Zacchaeus, right? Oh, man, not only do I get to see Jesus, he gets to be in my home. Now, Zacchaeus, he's pretty excited about it. But the crowd, the rest of the people, they don't respond the same way, do they? Yeah, this, this righteous one, this guy's doing right by God and right by other, like, dude, you're not living into your name. You're not doing that at all. So how do they respond? Verse 7. I think it's verse 7. Let me find it. There we go. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they're saying, right? He's not righteous. I mean, what a joke. What an oxymoron. His name means righteous, and he takes advantage of us and takes our money, and he's partnered up with the Roman government, this, this foreign entity that's ruling over us in our own homeland. He's a notorious sinner. Now, if he's a notorious sinner, who do you think his friends are? The Pharisees, right? Those religious zealots that are like, man, we're going to do everything the right way. No, no, not them, right? The Sadducees, no, those religious guys aren't either. No, probably other sinners, right? <laughs> yeah, probably other people that he can hang out with that, that are maybe looking for him for some influence in their life. They can climb up in stature if they can hang out at Zacchaeus's house, right? Yeah. So not only is he, Jesus going to go into this house of this notorious sinner, he's also going to be around a bunch of notorious sinners. Now, I don't know if Zacchaeus has overheard any of them saying this or if he just knows that's what they're saying about him. In the storyline, it looks like there's just a conversation between Zacchaeus and Jesus. And that's what we have in this next verse, verse 8. And I want you to pay attention to what Zacchaeus does, how he responds. Is this in a righteous way? Is he doing right by God and by other people in his response to Jesus? Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and he said, I will give half my wealth. To the poor, Lord. And if I've cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Four times as much. Stands there with Jesus. He says, 
all right, right now, right here, you didn't tell me to do this, Jesus. You didn't say this. I'm just going to do this. I'm going to take half my wealth, and I'm going to give it to the poor. Now, some of us here, you, you've got significant amount of wealth, right? And just to be thinking about that, like your retirement savings and your 401k or whatever it is, and you're like, right now, I'm just going to take all that, half of that, and I'm just going to give it away. Just sit with that for a minute. Feeling comfortable? Ready to retire? Or, or, or maybe, maybe you're like me, Maybe you're like living paycheck, paycheck to paycheck and just think about what that would look like. This Friday you get paid and you're like, I'm going to take half my check and just give it to the poor. And you're sitting there going like, wait a minute, I'm the poor, <laughs> right? I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I take half of that and just give it away. Just sit with that for a second. What's going on inside Zacchaeus? What's, what's, what's What's going on with him just giving this stuff away? Something's working on inside of him, isn't it? And what is this thing about giving four times as much? Right? I'll repay you four times whatever I might have cheated on you. What is that about? Well, it's about lost sheep. Did you know that? It's about lost sheep. This is really fun, okay? Let's, we're going to nerd out for a second. Uh, ex, uh, yeah, Exodus chapter 22, verse 1. This is what it says. This is God giving guidance to the Israelites, okay? Here it is. If someone steals an ox or a sheep and then kills it, right? Maybe they eat it or they sell it. They make a profit because they got it for nothing, right? The thief must pay back five oxen for every ox stolen and what? Four sheep for every sheep stolen, Somebody lose a sheep? What's the right thing to do? To do right by people? Four times as much. Four times as much. What's the right thing to do by God? Oh, God, you said this is the right way to live? I'm going to do that. Right? Because he could say, make up any amount, right? He did that with giving half of his wealth away. He just pulled that out of the air. But this is different. This is, this is a Jewish person <laughs> who understands the guidance that God gave him, he's finding his way back and he finds the scripture and he says, God, I, I'm going to do that. This is doing right by you is by following what you have to say. And I'm going to do right by other people by giving them four times as much. Now, some of you are very literal, and you're just like, so he's got to give them four sheep? No, stop it. He's applying Scripture, right? He's taking this, and he's applying it to his situation, isn't he? Do you think he maybe has been studying this, or maybe he's recalled it from his childhood? Some obscure thing that you're like, when is that ever going to apply to my life? Right here, right now, for this lost sheep of Israel named Zacchaeus, this righteous one who's going to do right by God, right by other people. It applies. It applies to him. It's his way of finding that pathway home. I'm going to see what God has told me, and then I'm going to apply it to my life. The lost sheep finding his way home. God is guiding him every step of the way. So how does Jesus respond to this? Verse 9, Jesus responded, 
Salvation, he is saved, he is rescued. Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has, chosen, has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. A true son of Abraham. Now we're getting down to it, right? So what's that thing going on inside of Zacchaeus that's uh, motivating him to give away half of his wealth and to take a scripture that he's seeing is applying to his situation to actually fulfill it, to do it? What's, what's underlying that? Well, something Jesus is seeing is like something deep down inside of him that has to do with this guy named Abraham. Who is he? Who's this guy, right? In fact, if we back it up, we realize what Jesus is talking about here. And it gets to the very core thing that Zacchaeus is giving us this model, this example of how we can respond to Jesus when we feel like we've lost our way or we're looking for some kind of way. So Abraham was actually previously known as Abram. And uh, God, in Genesis chapter 12, goes to this guy and says, hey, I want you to leave all your family and go to this place I'm going to show you sometime later, right? And Abram takes his wife, and they do that. And they're old. They're old. And God makes a promise to them, like, through you, you're going to have children. You and your old age, even though that your wife is way beyond the years of bearing a child, it's through your child that you're going to become this nation. And you're actually going to become a blessing to all other peoples on the earth. And they have some ups and they have some downs with this. And as the life with God goes on, there's a time that Abram, here's another message from God, where God says again, I'm going to give you a child and you're going to become a great nation. There's a lot of descendants. And Abram is honest with God. He says, how is that going to happen? I've got all this wealth, and it's going to pass on to my servant because I've got no child. How is this going to happen? God says, no, 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 no. no. It's not what's going to happen. It's not going to pass on to your servant. Your wife is going to have a child with you that's going to become a nation, a great nation, so many people, and then they can bless other nations. In fact, so many people, let me, let me take you outside. Don't you come outside, get out of your tent, go outside, look up at the stars. You see all those stars? If you can number those stars, that's how many descendants you're going to have. And at that moment, it's gone beyond just physical, biological descendants to something greater. Because we see how Abram responds to God, making this promise. And it's starting to get to the root of what does it look like to be a child of Abraham. Genesis chapter 15, verse 6. Abraham believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as what? Zacchaeus. Great. Good job, guys. We're learning Hebrew. As, as righteous because of his faith. What's going on inside of Abram that is the same thing that's going on inside of Zacchaeus? He links them together to be in the same family. It's not just because they're both Israelites. Actually, Abram wasn't an Israelite, just so you know, right? What links them together? 
this faith, this belief, this trust. But deeper than that, right? Deeper than that, what gets them to that place is actually a place of surrender. I have to surrender my way of thinking, you know what, all this wealth has been passed on to my, my descendant. I have to get to a place of surrender where like, you know what, God, you said that uh, I've got to, to give four times as much if I've cheated anyone. I'm going to do that. I'm going to apply that. And even though that becomes a great sacrifice and a great uh, cost to myself, I'm going to surrender to your way of living life. That's what I'm going to do. Jesus wasn't done when he said he's just the son of Abraham, a child of Abraham. He goes on and he tells this about Zacchaeus. I'm actually, Jesus' own mission, verse 10. For the son of man, Jesus talking about himself, came to seek and to save those who are When you're lost, you've got to be in a place of surrendering yourself and go like, I don't know my way out of here. I need someone to come and rescue me and to save me from this. Zacchaeus is this perfect example of what it is to respond to God's direction for our life and to actually live into it. And it comes at a place of surrender. You're invited to surrender. You've never heard the story before. There's things in your life that you are trying to make it your way. And it's, maybe you're successful at it. Maybe you're like Zacchaeus. You're doing great. You're knocking out of the park. Do you realize you're lost? Do you realize you're lost? Zacchaeus did. Come to a place of surrender. God, I, I want your way more than I want my way. Jesus, show me the way to live your life instead of me just living my life. Jesus, I surrender to you. I come seeking you. This is a place of surrender. That's what it looks like. What, what does surrender look like? In your mind, what does it look like? Are you kneeling down? Are you face on the ground? Are you giving up? What does that look like to you? Because that's what it takes to do right by God and to do right by other people. You start with a place of surrender. And once you have come to a place of surrender, it's going to take a whole lot of trust to follow the way that God is going to lead, what Jesus is going to do next. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus Christ, I ask that your spirit would go out here. Help, to, help us to see that we are lost people that have been doing it our own way. Help us to kneel down before you, throw our hands up, and seek you because we surrender. We surrender control of our life. We surrender our own greediness. We surrender our own selfishness. We surrender our own insecurities and worries. And we look to you to guide us further. But Jesus, we run to you. 
and we seek you. We surrender. We surrender. Amen. Hey there. Hope you enjoyed the sermon today. We love connecting Jesus' life with other people's lives and hope we were able to do that with you today. If you'd like to know more about us here at Real Life Church, please check us out at reallifecove.com. Thanks for listening.